Welcome to the Manly Pinterest Tip Show. Show. A show designed to assist man in his quest to succeed on Pinterest. If you have interests in the content you want to share, content you want your clients to see, learn ways to grow and succeed in this unique and exciting world, one man will assist you on your journey. To become a pinner and grow your presence online, men and women can share in the success. And here to show you how is your host, is your host Jeff C. Adding testosterone, one pin at a time. Hello, folks. Welcome to the Manly Pinterest Tips Podcast. I'm Jeff C., and you're not. Today's podcast is sponsored by MyPinterestBootCamp.com. Cynthia Sanchez from the Oh So Pinteresting Podcast and I have teamed up and are offering a five-hour intensive, in-depth Pinterest training on Saturday, April 18th. If you're wanting to get started on Pinterest or want to take your Pinterest account to the next level, then this is the webinar for you. If you can't make the entire event, don't worry. It will be available as a recording. You can find out more and reserve your spot for this webinar at MyPinterestBootCamp.com. I'm very excited to have Elisa Meredith again on the show today. We are going to go back and explore deeper one of my most downloaded and popular episodes, Generating Leads with Pinterest. So this will be part two of that earlier conversation. Elisa is Senior Inbound Marketer at Scalable Social Media and In-House Pinterest Fanatic at Overgo Studio, both HubSpot partner agencies. When she's not pinning, she's creating content, managing social media, editing, auditing websites and lead generation channels, or creating marketing plans. But mostly, she's pinning. She's also just started a new podcast, The Superheroes of Marketing, where Elisa and friend Kelly Krantz, who is the client services manager at Overgo Studio, interview guests for some great marketing advice. Now, this interview is from a live Hangout on Air that I did with Elisa, where our live audience participated by asking questions during the interview. If you'd like to be a part of one of our live shows, make sure to head on over to manlypinterestips.com and join our email community to find out how you can be a part of our live show. You can also text Manly Pinterest Tips to 33444 on your mobile device. That's Manly Pinterest Tips to 33444. I always learn a ton when I talk with Elisa, so let's jump right into my conversation with Elisa Meredith. So, Elisa, thanks so much for being back on the show today. Oh, my pleasure, Jeff. Happy to be here. Yeah, we're very excited, very excited. And uh, you guys in the live audience, we'd love for you to head over to manlypinteresttips.com and subscribe to our email community. That way you'll never miss out on a great show uh, like we have with Elisa here today. So, um, as I'm talking with Elisa, if you have any questions or comments, please enter them in the comment stream, and I'll try to bring them up uh, during the show, and we'll hopefully be able to give you some answers to some of your questions. So, I'm going to dive right in really quick because, you know, Elisa was on the show before, um, but anyway, I, I want to I get right into it. So, first of all, there's been some of these new changes, Elisa, uh, that Pinterest has been rolling out, you know. Uh, first of all, let's talk about gender-based search for some pins. Do you think that's a good or bad idea? Well, I think it's a good idea, and the reason is that a lot of men have been resistant to Pinterest, as we've discussed many times. Um, so when they sign up, if they don't see that everything looks like it's for women, I think that's a great thing. And But, I mean, it remains to be seen how well it's really going to work and, and how cliche it might get um, as far as 
limiting what people see that they're interested in. But so far, I, what I've seen, it looks really good. Right, and I think it's only on certain categories. I mean, like shoes or watches. It's not just everything. They only have certain categories or interests that they're using. Uh, like, cause my question was, you know, I like, you know, I like to cook, and so every once in a while I look on I look for recipes on Pinterest before I do it on Google, um, and I don't want to just see bar food. You know, I want to see. You know, I don't want mainly <laughs> yeah. bar food. I want to see. You know, if I'm looking for how to do a roast for the, you know. For a family gathering, I want to find that stuff, and I, that was my concern about gender-based pins. But I believe you can turn them off. Okay. And so. have you found them to be limiting at all, or has it been all right so far? It's been all right so far, but I don't know if it's really gone. You know, if I think if I search for Super Bowl food or something, it would be male-heavy kind of stuff. But for just sure, regular recipes, sense. I haven't. Yeah. yeah, I haven't found it. Um, my question is for lead generation. How would mm -hmm. we use this? this gender-based search for lead generation. Let's, you know, you talked about last time you had a smoothie client and, mm -hmm. you, used, and you created multiple pins that pointed back to a, like an email sign-up or something like that. So yeah. how would you use gender-based search for lead generation? Well, I think you have to change your thought process a little bit and think like a guy, right? Right. <laughs> right? right. So Pinterest seems to be able to go, be able to go beyond searching just keywords to actually seeing what is in the images. I'm not sure how they do that, but um, you'll see things that show up that have not, no keywords that relate to your search, and yet the image is relevant to you. So I would try more manly type layouts than images and captions. Um, like if you have a blog post about smoothies, maybe make one image for women and one image for men that would be touting different benefits for each. Um, I just read an article today that Martin Behrman shared about, it was a BuzzFeed article mm -hmm. about what is popular with men right now. Right. Um, and it, it mentioned that fashion, hiking, and do-it-yourself kind of are the most popular right now. Um, and beyond that, like the style that men seem to like to pin is a little different from, from the female users. So what they tend to pin are professionally produced images of products. Um, whereas with women, we kind of like to see it in the setting where it's being used. Uh, the men seem to go more for those product images. So if you're selling a product, make sure you really get a professional photographer because that's what's working. Gotcha. So would you go, like, let's say you're doing a, the smoothie thing. Uh, so mm -hmm. would you go kind of make some general, uh, you know, general pins that you point back to your, you know, your sign up or lead generation capture mechanism? And then would you make some kind of female base and then like maybe do a more fitness, um, you know, protein kind of thing for the smoothie? You know, would, would you separate it out like in three kind of general male and female kind of thing? Would that be and then test and see what works? Is that how? You would probably try to do that? I would probably do um, two. I would probably just do general and then for men because what we've been doing for general works works with the women. Uh, okay. But, but I would go a step back a little bit from that when planning content and keep in mind that the guys are interested in that do-it-yourself type content. Mm -hmm. So the more useful and actionable you can make it, the more appealing it's going to be to men, and then you should... You should stress that in your pin descriptions. Gotcha, gotcha. That's a good point. That's a good point. Um, the other, the other major change that I kind of want to talk to you about, and we've kind of talked a little bit on this offline, um, is that Pinterest has stripped all affiliate links from pins. Um, 
And it used to be, you know, they took out a long time ago, like Amazon affiliate links and stuff like that, but they were still letting a couple companies have these affiliate links. Yeah. Uh, so many people who are making money with this affiliate systems are really upset. Now, do you think this is a good move by Pinterest? Um, what was what your feeling about being stripped all out of all affiliate links? Yeah, I mean, I think Pinterest obviously needs to make money. So, and it doesn't seem to me fair to let some people do it and not allow others if Pinterest isn't making any kind of profit from it, if they should be. So, I, I feel like, you know, hopefully those people who are making money from the, the affiliate links have some other platform that they own. Because really, if you're going to build your business on someone else's platform, you are really making taking a big risk. Right. Well, I know some of these uh, some of these people. You know, I was reading an article. I think it was at Digiday. They were talking about these influencers who have millions of followers. They're making some of them are making five, eight thousand dollars a month mm. off of these affiliate links. Yeah. So, I mean, I feel bad for those people, but you're right. It's building in on somebody else's network. And I know there's a mad scramble right now that they're trying to figure out, okay, how am I going to capture this? But you're right. It's Pinterest's product. They can do what they want to. I kind of have, and they, they say they're not doing it, but I kind of have a feeling, you know, they're talking about adding a buy button mm -hmm. uh, on these Pinterest pins. And I also think they may do something themselves like Amazon does. You know, they have the Amazon affiliates, and you can do things. Do you think yeah. that's maybe something down the line? Well, it certainly could be, and I, I think the buy button probably is is going to happen from what we've read. Um, but, yeah, I have another thought. <laughs> well, I mean, I just, yeah, well, I just, I think that, I think they're kind of pulling stuff back, and Pinterest is always about the end user. Yes. They're always very wanting to make sure the end user, and I tell people this all the time, a lot of times we're talking to marketers and small business owners, but we got to remember we're not the end user for Pinterest. Right. Uh, and, it's, and we get upset about stuff. <laughs> I know. But we're not the end user. We're using that platform to hopefully market to our customers or potential leads, but we're really, you know, we can't get too upset about some of this stuff. <laughs> that's right. That's right. If we want to control it, we should build our own Pinterest. That's right. Which would probably would not be very, very good. <laughs> the other thing is um, there was some confusion when this first happened. All this affiliate link stuff oh, went away. That mm -hmm. they were uh, removing these UTM tracking codes from pins. Right. Can you explain what a UTM tracking code is for people who uh, may not know what those are? Sure, and I think the confusion came from that came from an email that actually came from Pinterest. It wasn't real clear, but a UTM tracking code is um, you've probably seen them even if you don't know what they are. Like at the end of a URL, there would be a question mark, and then UTM underscore campaign equals. It's really just a way to track how well a certain link is working, and it's something that you set up in Google Analytics. It, yeah. it will let you track the click-throughs and conversions. I mean, it's more technical than that, but that's basically how it works. Right. I mean, they're really pretty easy to set up, but uh, just to confirm, those are, as far as we know, and we tested them, you know, as of this week, those mm -hmm. are still working, and, and they're still letting you track yeah. using those in Google Analytics, those pins in Google Analytics by using the UTM codes. Yeah, I tried a promoted pin, and then I tried just a regular pin, and they both worked. 
Great, great. Um, so let's let's kind of break it down for a small business. Let's say, you know, I always use the local my local flower shop. Okay, how would how would a local flower shop use UTM codes for a campaign? What's the best way they would they could do that? Okay. Well, first in creating the campaign, they have to think about what their goals are. Um, but let's say that they had a flower show coming up. So every pin that they created and pinned would have a UTM code like UTM campaign equals flower show signups, UTM medium equals Pinterest, UTM source equals pin one. And, and I know it's really technical, but what it comes down to is you can tell exactly how many signups or how many clicks came from one certain pin in that one campaign. So it's really useful to see what's working and then next year you'll know what to do. Gotcha. And I know you're really good at this too. And so when you sit down to make a campaign for like a client, you go ahead, okay, I want to have, this is our, our main focus. I want to, let's say for the flower shop, they're just wanting to build up a uh, subscription to their newsletter list. Okay. And so you set up a campaign, you plan out all the pins. Do you go ahead and, and think of when you're making that, that plan or that initial plan, the UTM tracking codes you're going to use for that all that pins and then go and set it up or do you kind of do you filter it out as you go along or how do you what's kind of your process on setting up a campaign like that well I think it, it kind of happens organically and you think about the campaign name will come to you pretty easily right mm -hmm. so signups for signups for May let's say that and then the the medium obviously Pinterest and then the source uh, you figure out whatever is going to be the easiest way for you to track what is working. Gotcha. And you made a good point there is is when you're setting up your campaign to go ahead and set up those UTM codes to track monthly. Because mm -hmm. you know that, okay, this is how many I got from May. This is how many I got from June. I think a lot of times people are scared to do, to get too specific on those tracking codes. They, they, they get too general, and that's not what you want. You want to be able to drill down and say, oh, these are all from May. You mean you could even go and test color. I tested all these, you know, colors of pins. These work awesome. better for my audience or, mm -hmm. you know, that kind of stuff. So Yeah, that's a great idea. Make sure that if you're building these campaigns, to go ahead and set them out and, and, and be granular and specific, I think, would, would help a lot. So yeah. yeah, and if you need a spreadsheet to keep track of it, by all means, use whatever you need to because it can get a little confusing. Right. That's a good point. Um, so, you know, SEO is important for lead generation, and, you know, I think you and I both agree that we kind of feel that Pinterest is more of a search engine than a social network. Mm -hmm. uh, so what are some tips for SEO that will help with lead generation? Like, do you do a lot of keyword optimizations with your uh, when you start planning your campaigns and when you're trying to get leads? Well, yeah. I mean, it, it starts back with the content that you're going to be promoting. So definitely use, on Pinterest, use this, the keywords in the same way that you would when you're creating the content. Um, keeping in mind what we said before, that Pinterest is actually smarter than just keywords. So make sure that your images relate as well. Um, and then when you're writing your pin descriptions, keep in mind that people are really looking for how to do it yourself, things that will help them improve their lives. So when you're making a call to action in the description, try to capitalize on that. So like give me an example for a call to action like for your smoothies. I mean, how do you how do you, you know, solve a problem for somebody when you're writing a description for a smoothie? Okay. So if you had um, inflammation is a big topic right now dealing with chronic inflammation. People are realizing how many health problems it really can cause. So 
that's that's just a huge topic right now on Pinterest. So if we were to do, say, a blog post about inflammation um, and feature a smoothie recipe, we would write something like how to um, how to improve your chronic inflammation problem with this delicious smoothie. Mm, gotcha. Something like that. <laughs> so you kind of hit all the keywords in there in that. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, and it shows them exactly what they're going to get, and that they can actually take action now. Gotcha. You know, like Cynthia San- Sanchez always says, "Don't just pin it, do it." That's, and right. that's what people want to do. So show them what they can do with your pin. Right. Exactly. Solve a pain point for them in, mm-hmm. in your description. Um, and isn't that that's what content marketing is really? Yeah. All of it. Yeah. Good point. Um, now, do you test different? Like key, like when you're making your your pins that you're going to test for a campaign, do you test out different keywords or little SEO stuff between those, or do you are you mainly trying to see which image works best, or or how do you kind of test to, or do you already have an idea what's going to work with SEO for Pinterest? Well, I mean, we have an idea because we know we look at what people are already pinning and repinning, so we kind of go by that. And I I should do more A/B testing on this, but. I don't. <laughs> well, a, a, another thing, and, and I think Cynthia or Peg Fitzpatrick suggested this, is going to the most popular pins. You mm-hmm. know, cause you can go see those just by clicking on them uh, in, in the Pinterest da- dashboard and see what's working. And, you know, yes. see, oh, that's those tr- are trending right now. I can kind of see a, a pattern there and then base your pins and images kind of off that. That's kind of a – it's almost like – and you can also do the same thing in search. You know how in Google you can type in uh, a couple words and then it will autofill some of the other stuff out. You can kind of do yeah. the same thing on Pinterest and see what's going to come up. Oh, yeah, and even in your own feed, you, now that we have smart feed, we can see what's kind of making its way towards the top and, and emulate that as well. Gotcha, gotcha. Well, here's a question I wanted to bring up from um, – I asked a question because uh, I, I said, hey, Lisa's going to be on again. You may want to ask them some questions. And so they did in the pin chat group on Facebook. And um, uh, Martin Bierman asked this question. How do you generate leads through Pinterest for business selling services like insurance companies or law companies? How can they uh, incre- generate leads to increase conversions? What say okay. you? Would say I. I say that that is a little bit of a challenge. So right. you, you need to get more creative. But um, it's really going to go back to your blogging and your content strategy. So are you creating content that helps a person to help themselves? Because a Pinterest user is pretty motivated. So if if you do that, there's going to be a market on it for Pinterest. So you have to think a little bit outside the box to promoting the lifestyle instead of the product or service that you're selling. Mm, good point. Well, that ties into the next question, um, and that, this is from uh, Kelly Lieberman. She goes, how would a service business, you know, like Martin said, like an insurance company or something, you know, let's say a lawn care company, uh, can mm-hmm. generate leads on Pinterest, you know, what if they have no e-commerce? Because a lot of times we think Pinterest, you know, drives back to a sale, you know, here's right. a product pin, and it drives back to sale. And I think you kind of talked about a little bit about, you know, the blogs and, the you know, solving a problem that way. Yeah, well, I mean, you've got two issues there. You have a service business and you have a local business. Uh, local businesses are a challenge on Pinterest, but it, it can be done. So let's go back to the service business challenge. They they are selling a service, but they are promoting a certain lifestyle. So with your lawn care company, you think about what the person is concerned about. They're concerned about their house, their yard. Um, they're probably 
busy people because they're hiring someone to mow their lawn instead of doing it themselves. So think about, start creating that lifestyle of your imaginary client. And then consider that in your content planning and your presentation of your content. So then you would make, try to make really good use of the captions on your images so that you don't attract the wrong person. Um, For instance, if, if you had a blog post, like you're, if you're a carpet cleaner and you had a blog post on how to get muddy footprints out of your carpet, which let me tell you is a current concern for me, <laughs> he, he wouldn't show uh, a, a gorgeous living room with a white carpet with beautiful decorations because people will pin or click thinking, oh, I can find out where to get that cushion or that sofa. Uh, it's because they're drawn to the decor. So you would show instead maybe the muddy footprints or you would add a caption with a blog title, how to get rid of muddy footprints from your carpet. And then make sure that your blog post has a strong call to action that would lead to a lead generation opportunity once you get them to the blog post. Well, very good point, very good point. What do you, um, on? let's say when they go back to your blog post, do you like to have that and this is, I know there's huge controversy. Do you like to have that lead capture stuff right there at the front? Do you like to put it at the bottom of the blog article? Where is the best place that you've seen for that lead generation, you know, kind of grab to happen? Um, I like to have something always at the bottom, uh, sometimes in the middle, but I don't like to hit them with, it, with that the first thing. I want to give them what they really came for so they don't feel like they got just got a bait and switch. Gotcha. What about um, pop-ups? Do you like pop-ups when they, uh, you know, there's now ones on a timer where it's like, okay, you're reading it. Oh, there it is. You know. Yeah. I mean, I know they're effective, but I don't know. I I personally, as a website visitor, I'm, I don't really like them myself, but I, I know they work. I've heard case study after case study that they do work. Yeah. My advice is remember mobile because nothing makes me matter and getting, looking at something on mobile and I can't click off your pop-up. It's not formatted right. That drives me nuts. I will leave and never buy stuff from you again. (laughs) Whoa. (laughs) How to make Jeff seem really mad. (laughs) I mean, it's really, I mean, I just, gosh, oh my gosh. Because Pinterest, we know 80% of traffic is coming from mobile devices. And if I click back to your link from your blog article and it's got a pop-up where I can't read your article, then I'm leaving. I mean, yeah. it's just, it's just, it drives me bonkers. But that is a great point. Yeah. Um, I wanted to bring up a uh, a real quick uh, comment from our friend Kim Vid. She says, "Hey, call to action for a smoothie." Alicia Meredith shares her inside secrets with keyword descriptions that take action. Loving this chat, Jeff C. Wish we all had time for more A/B testing. Uh, <laughs> that is very true. We all wish we yes. had more time for that. Thanks, we Kim, for do. stopping. Hi, Kim. Yeah, and you know, I want to address the the rest of Kelly's question about the local businesses too, because mm-hmm. I feel like I kind of skimmed over that. Um, for Overgo Studio, um, the social media evangelizer over there, and we have a client who is like a a yard, a lawn company, uh-huh. uh, like kind of like you mentioned. Um, but if you can become a resource for your local community, so I just created a board for parks in the local area, and I'm noticing that that board is starting to attract followers. So I'm not getting a ton of, they just followed all of your account, they followed this board. Hmm. So if you think about everything that matters to your perfect customer, um, not just what matters related to your product. So if you, like if you ran a gym, you wouldn't just post about working out in gyms, you would think about, 
okay, what, what local restaurants have healthy foods? So pin those, add the place to them. What parks have good running trails? Pin those, make sure you add the address that you can in Foursquare. And then when you share your pins that link to a lead generation opportunity, you're going to get more local leads who might actually be qualified to buy from you. Because mm. the problem, I mean, the challenge with the local business, right, is that you're going to get a lot of unqualified leads. Right. But I, I think having more of a local focus on your boards is going to is going to help that a bit. That's one thing I hope happens with promoted pins is that they allow for a little more drill down. On, oh, you can. Oh, yeah. They they open it up more. I mean, can you, how 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 much can you drill down for like local companies? Oh well. It, <laughs> I guess what I'm thinking you can because this company is in a fairly major metropolitan area. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, if you're lucky enough to be in one of those areas, you can drill down right into your local area, but I'm sure they're going to make it better, like you said. Right, yeah, because I, I really want like, stuff like Facebook where you can go, you know, a city and 15 miles or 25 miles. I think yeah. would, I would really like that for uh, promoted pins because I think it would make a big difference. Oh, it will, yeah. Um, now – yeah, I know Easter's coming up. Um, so, do you factor into like seasons or holidays mm -hmm. when you start thinking about lead generation? Um, yes. I mean, I don't need to think of like smoothies for Easter. I don't know how that works, but I mean, how? I mean, how do you tie into that without looking spammy? Because a lot of times you'll see those um, lead generation things, and it's like it has nothing to do with this holiday or. But you're you. It's blatantly obvious they're trying to cash in on that holiday's traffic. Well, this, I think, is where your buddy Wade Harmon could, could really help a lot mm -hmm. because it's about the psychology of it. So the, this particular client with the smoothies is actually, he's a nutritional counselor and a pharmacist. So there's a lot more that we can talk about than just smoothies. So obviously, starting around January 1st, everyone decides they're going to lose weight. They're going to change their lives. So you can definitely plan to have a campaign at that time that will capitalize on that interest. And it's the same thing for back-to-school time, bathing suit season, summertime. You just think about, okay, what are people really thinking about right now, and how can I capitalize on that? How can I be ready for it? Gotcha. Good. That's good advice. I want to pull up one more comment from my buddy Dustin Stout. He goes, good point about mobile, Jeff C. Since you're talking about Pinterest, and most users are mobile. It's imperative to make sure you never, ever use pop-ups. Take that into consideration. So he is uh, kind of agreeing with me, yes. Be wary of the pop-ups, especially on mobile. Um, one of the things I wanted to ask you also is, um, let's say you, ha you have a great pinnable image that goes viral, you know, but if it links back to content that does not convert, it really doesn't matter. I mean, That's right. so what are your tips for getting people to sign up for your offer or convert on your your offer's landing page? Well, I think one of the biggest missed opportunities is the submit button. So that is like the last step a person takes before they commit to being on your email list and getting this offer. So if you use, I mean, you could use a word like, Start now. Get yours. It adds to the excitement and tells more about what they're going to get as opposed to the word submit, which has a bit of a, a negative connotation. It, right. I mean, why give people another reason to hesitate? You know, do I really want to submit? Right. <laughs> uh, 50, and, 50 Shades of Sign Up Now. Yeah, that's right. Are you ready? Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then really make sure that the page itself tells people what they're going to get and what it will do for them, which... It's, that sounds so super basic, but I think when you have created the content, you know why they should have it and why they're going to love it. 
So it's sometimes hard to step back from it and get an objective view and present that in a way that makes it sound appealing. It's, it's a lot harder than it sounds. Mm, yeah. Ooh, and one other thing that I really like to do if, if it's available is if someone has downloaded it and sent you an email or a tweet and said, I really love this, it was really useful, put that right on the landing page, a little testimonial just for your offer. Oh, that's a good point. That's a very good point. Um, one more, uh, I want to get one more comment from Hart SD. She goes, hey, green smoothies for St. Patrick's Day, or maybe that should be Guinness smoothies. Yeah, I don't know if that sounds very good, but <laughs> get you to try it and see. Oh, I mean, yeah. that's what I have for lunch today. It was wonderful. Oh. Um, so uh, here's a question about group boards. Do okay. you do you promote your product or service like for a lead generation kind of a thing on a group board or is that considered spammy? Well, I think you have to ask yourself two questions. One is is it relevant? Two is is it helpful? So if it really is truly just promotional, I think then the answer is no and you don't pin it. Gotcha. Gotcha. That's that's a pretty good litmus test to to, uh, yeah. to see. Um do you when you when you're tracking your uh, your your lead generation, what's working? Do you have specific tools that you use, or are you using Pinterest's own uh, internal analytics? I do use HubSpot. You you can use Google Analytics, and I I love Pinterest Analytics, but they are a little bit limited. So I appreciate the flexibility of HubSpot. Gotcha, gotcha. Well, I use, I, I'm a big fan of Tailwind, so I use a lot of their their stat stuff. So, mm -hmm. um, do you have? Well, I mean, where do you go to for inspirations for like uh, your pins for lead generation? I mean, do you just kind of go search a certain topic on Pinterest, or do you have like a go-to place that you always kind of go back and hit up all the time to get ideas from, or what kind? Of, where do you get inspiration? Uh, well. <laughs> A lot of times you can get it from what you pin that's not your own content that does really well. So, for example, um, for one of the Overgo Studio clients, we have a pin that I pinned less than four months ago, and it has 2,500 repins on it. So, I mean, obviously I can't ignore that. That's that's our audience telling us that this is the kind of content that they want. Right. Um, and beyond just repins, it got 450 clicks just in the last month. So it, that tells me the audience wants more of that. Um, is there some way we can adapt the look of this, the subject of this, and the way it's presented for this client? And the answer was yes, and so we're producing it now, and, and hopefully we'll get something like that kind of action. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. Um, Let's say you're a small business and you're, you know, a lot of times, like your smoothie thing, it's a link to you get a free recipe booklet or whatever if you give an email address or something like that. Mm -hmm. What do you tell companies who are struggling with coming up with an offer? They don't, you know, they may be like kind of in vapor lock going, I don't know what to offer to get an email address. What do I do? Uh, yeah. you know, so what, what, what are some ideas that small businesses could use to create an offer? Uh, well, take a step back because I can see the deer in the headlight look right now. <laughs> but just, just think about your ideal client. It's a human being. It's a person. That, that person that's scary. So figure out what their challenges are and give them a way to solve them. And if, if you can't do that yourself, then talk to a marketing agency. Hmm. It, it can be worth it just to get that outside perspective with some experience behind it. Great, great, great idea. The other thing I tell clients too is, what are your, what are the the most common questions you're asked? You know, 
what are your major what are what are people asking you all the time that you can help solve maybe writing a, a you know a, a white paper or a, you know something like that where you can actually provide a service with this free downloadable downloadable whatever so yeah yeah that's a great one and then like if they have a sales team get that sales team to feed them those questions that they get when they make a sales call right right um now you and I've talked to all, offline a little bit about this, but I want—I thought it was uh, big enough news. We ought to talk about it. Was um, you had some problems at first when you were doing a promoted pin that it wasn't allowing it to link correctly to your lead generation page or your form, or whatever. Uh, what what's something that you have you found out any more about that? Why it wasn't working and what what steps you can do to take to not have that happen? Yeah, I read the rules. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> and, the, and the rules for promoted pins say that you can't link to strictly gated content. So it got rejected. Um, so what I did was I tried another landing page that had more content on it itself, and it was approved. So I think that the key is that even if you are linking to a landing page, which and then there's content gated behind that as long as you provide some value on that landing page as well so if you give some tips or maybe an excerpt of the offer then it seems like it will get approved I mean who knows it could be a fluke but that was my experience gotcha gotcha yeah they they I've been rejected for too many hashtags so they're really trying to make them clean and mm -hmm. you know make sure that you're doing them right um, I have one more question uh, or a comment from hard SD uh, she goes thanks for that question Jeff C I make one-of-a-kind products and cannot offer tutorials or do-it-yourself do stuff and she's talking about the product that we were we were saying you know what kind of you know what kind of thing we offer to get a lead generation and I think she makes jewelry if I'm not mistaken but uh, yeah your questions that your clients ask you know you know it might be even something like um, you know how many hours it takes to do it and how you know maybe even a, a sh something that they could download how to clean jewelry or, or what's the best practices on cleaning jewelry or something like that and yeah it kind of takes some stepping out of the box a little bit I think yeah absolutely um, I know you just don't slap a pin link to an email sign-up form, and there's actually a lot more to it than that. You just don't create a form on the website and then make a link back to it with a, a picture. Um, what are some of your best practices for like for creating blogs or call to call to actions? I mean, you mentioned the submit button. What are some other best practices best practices that you use? Okay, well, if, if you have a campaign in mind with a certain focus. Um, Let's say you have an ebook or some kind of offer that that's going to be as a condition of joining that list. Um, you can, if you have an ebook that's say thirty pages long, you have a whole bunch of blog posts right there, right? So you can create images for each of those and pin those, and eventually it gets people back to that landing page as long as your calls to action are good on those blog posts too. Very cool. Very cool. Um, there's this new rumored promoted pins carousel feature that may be ha happening that they may have multiple images that rotate and I'm not really sure how exactly it works for promoted pins. Do you think that's a good idea for Pinterest to use? Are you excited to try it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Okay. As a marketer I am and, and I think that they've been really good about kind of preserving the user experience so I don't, I don't think it's going to be obnoxious either. I'm okay. anxious to see it. How about Thank you? you. Well, yeah, I think so. I mean, it's going to be it's going to be interesting. You know, it's hard enough creating a good image 
for one, one for mm-hmm. one thing. But if it's rotating, it's like, okay, how many do I have to make? You know, that'll be interesting to find out. Um, the other thing, you know, we talked a little bit earlier about the buy it button. Um, the only concern I have about that is I don't want it to become a big mall. You know what I mean? I don't want it to be because some of it, you know, there's do there's links back when on the pins to do it yourself stuff. Mm-hmm. There's recipes. I don't. I get a little nervous with the buy it button about having it just flooded. It's just a big, huge e-commerce site. That's the only concern I have. I don't think it'll be that way, but what do you think? I, I don't think it's going to be that way either. I think, again, that Pinterest is really concerned with with preserving our experience, and that's not just because they're nice people. <laughs> it's because they don't want us to go away. Right. Um, I think Pinterest is our happy place for a lot of us, um, and having it turn into a mall really doesn't support that. The other thing is I don't think that people are, if people don't like it, they're not going to pin it or mm-hmm. repin it. So I don't think, you know, as long as they don't apply some kind of favorable algorithm thing to it, <laughs> I think that if people like it, we'll see more of it. If they don't, we won't. But also, I mean, people aren't on there just to buy. They're they're there to explore. So not everything would really qualify for a buy it button. So I, I don't know. I'm not too worried about that one. Yeah, they, and they kind of, and they kind of monitor your stream anyway. I mean, that's what the whole smart feed is too. So they have ways to not have it just be, buy it now. That, that, that was just somebody was concerned about that. I read on a blog post. Um, right, we're we're getting close to the end of the show, but I wanted to, uh, a couple things before we go to our last couple of questions. Number one, I wanted to invite you guys. Um, Vincent Ng, Elisa, and I. Uh, are giving away a free ticket to Social Media Marketing World. Uh, you have a chance to enter to win at visualsocialmediaconference.com. It's a conference we're going to put together for um, October. It's going to be awesome. We've got some great speakers already lined up. Uh, but go there and sign up for your chance to win a ticket to the uh, Social Media Marketing World that's coming up at the end of March. So I'll put the link there in the comments later, but I wanted to say that before I forgot. So, I, I mean, both Elise and I are excited about this conference. It's pretty awesome. So mm-hmm. do you have anything to say, Elisa? You just are nodding your head. Are you? Uh, I'm nodding and nodding and thinking, <laughs> and enter now because it ends on, I think it's Sunday at noon. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's, it's wrapping up really quick. So... Um, Last couple questions. Um, what are some mistakes that we can learn from you when you first started using Pinterest all those many moons ago? Uh, well, I created a lot of boards on the fly and then forgot to go back and enter board descriptions for them. <laughs> so <laughs> at some point I had to go and just make sure they all had board descriptions. And yeah, and when I started, I had no idea what it was going to become for my business and and for my clients either. So I really had no plan. <laughs> it was just a free for all. So if you're starting now, make a plan. Or if you started without a plan, have a plan now. Good. Good point. Good point. And lastly, um, you know, what are some advice for guys? You know, this is a mainly Pinterest show. The guys are getting into Pinterest. What advice would you give them? I would say take advantage of the fact that you can think like a dude. <laughs> Because there are so many guys who are joining Pinterest right now. I think that um, the guy pinners have, I think this is their moment. So, you know, I I think do it now. This is the time. There's an opportunity out there. I I saw it all those years ago. So, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's, I mean, 
It's the fastest growing user group. Um, it's more subscribers of interest than GQ and Sports Illustrated combined, and so right. it's it's a huge market. Uh, think think like a dude. That's what Lisa says. <laughs> yeah. um, but you know, this is a time where we usually t- let you talk about you and your services. But you have an important announcement, and let me go ahead and bring your partner in crime into the broadcast as well. You're gonna have to unmute yourself, Kelly, too. So. Um, we have, go ahead and, and tell us what this is all about, Elisa. Okay. This is Kelly Kranz of Overgo Studio, and she and I are launching a new podcast called The Superheroes of Marketing. And you can sign up now at superheroesofmarketing.com to get on our email list to be notified when it launches officially on Wednesday. We are very excited about this, and I know we've, we've already have a show with Jeff on it, so you definitely right. want to hear it. <laughs> So, Kelly, what do you have to add? What, I mean, why in the world would you partner with Elisa for this? Oh, that's a good question. <laughs> it was this wild night, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> Elisa's amazing. She's got great tips. She's got, I mean, we were, we've been talking about it and, like, bantering back and forth about doing this. And then once the new year rolled around, she's like, no, we're like, this is going to happen. We're actually going to do this. Do you mind if I just roll with it? I'm like, sure, like, roll with it. And she just took charge, got everything set up, and... I've been along for the ride. <laughs> awesome. And, I mean, it's really good. I mean, of course, I'm on it. So, I mean, that's like how you, you can only go downhill from there. But, <laughs> but, but tell them some of your guests that, you, that you've already got scheduled and, and kind of in the can already. Yeah. We started with Ralph and Carolyn Rivera of Web Search Social, and that was a really fun show. I mean, he's, he's been on Skype with us helping us with all those plugs and wires and crazy things that we didn't know anything about. <laughs> and we had, we had Vincent Ng. He was on to talk about Pinterest with us. We had Peg Fitzpatrick, who talked about using social media for a boring business, which I think is a, a great thing. Awesome, yeah. She was a lot of fun. Uh, and then we had you. <laughs> right. So you've got all sorts. I mean, it's, it's a great podcast. Make sure that you guys go over to, and we'll put the link into the uh, in the comments so you guys can go do that. Go ahead and sign up. Get ready. And when they launch, make sure you subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes because that is so important for them. It will help them up tremendously. And it, it is a great show. They've got great guests. And Elisa and, and Kelly are awesome. So make sure you guys head over there and, and do that. We are at the end of our show today. Um, as always, I'd love for you guys to go over to manlypinterestships.com, click on the sidebar, subscribe to the email community so you'll never miss one of these great shows because we are continuing to add testosterone one pin at a time. See you next time, everybody. Thanks for watching. Thank you for joining Jeff on his mission to help you be successful in the Pinterest world. Would you like to take part in a live show? Be sure to join Jeff's email community at manlypinteresttips.com. Adding testosterone, one pin at a time.